Hello, and welcome to episode 224 of Constructing Comics, a podcast building stories one page and one panel at a time. On this episode, we have a review of Strange Adventures 10 and Rorschach 10 by DC Comics. Your creative team on Strange Adventures is Tom King, writer, Mitch Jarrett's and Evan Doc Shaner on art with lettering by Clayton Klaus. Your creative team on Rorschach is writer Tom King, art by Jorge Fornes, colors by Dave Stewart, and again, you have your letters done by Clayton Klaus. This is your spoiler alert for Strange Adventures issues 1 through 10, Rorschach issues 1 through 10, the HBO 2019 series, and the Watchmen series from 1986. This is Matt, and I'm joined by Constructing Comics co-host Noah. Hey there. So Noah, um, as we normally do, let's uh, lead us off with your initial impressions of, of both books, and then we're going to take a deep dive, and uh, when we start our deep dive, uh, Strange Adventures 10 will be first. Okay, yeah, I um, my thoughts are like, you know, both of these are really good turning points in the series, you know, both being issue 10. I really like um, I really like how intimate of a look it is at Alana in the Strange Adventures book, and I like mm-hmm. how much of a POV this issue is for her. In um, like it, it feels like I mean you're not like obviously like totally in her shoes the whole time, but like you you get enough of um of things from her perspective that you start to really like cement your relationship as a reader with her character, which I really like. And um, again, making her a character with agency is really cool. So that was great. Yeah. And then of course, issue 10 of Rorschach, we'll, we'll get into, but it's, uh, it's a lot. So both books are a lot, but I, I, my thoughts are more easily formed with, with, with Strange Adventures 10 overall, how I feel about it. Um, what'd you think? Yeah, um, I think it's kind of interesting the way this all worked out is that we're doing two Tom King issue 10s of, of 12. And um, I was thinking about it today. They both sort of move the story along and fill in a lot of blanks in the, in the backstory and, you know, investigations and mysteries. And it's done in two different ways. It's sort of us with Alana just as she's sort of doing that narrative of reading the note from Terrific. And then in Rorschach, um, a lot of the, the mystery, um, the plot is filled in by the detective just sitting there um, at the, you know, the hotel restaurant table, uh, just sort of talking to the guy who's in the Turley administration. So um, they do the same thing, um, issue 10s, 10 of 12, uh, they move the story along, they fill in backstory, um, they bring the investigations um, more fulfilled, um, but they're done in two different ways, either you know a narrative of somebody reading a note and we're sort of able to be inside that character's mind. And then in Rorschach, it's done with just sort of the, you know, I'm having a meeting, you hired me to go look into the stuff. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm giving you a debrief right now. Um, so I, I thought that was interesting that how that all sort of lined up. I thought that was interesting too. Um, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, as you started speaking, I was like, oh yeah, that hadn't occurred to me that that's how the information was being revealed in both issues. Yeah. And um, yeah, so it's cool to talk about. Maybe that says something about Tom King and his structure of things. Yeah, it might. So uh, let's let's get into um, maybe not like a page by page, panel by panel review of, of Strange Adventures, but let's just sort of talk about what, what we have here. Um, you, you said this earlier, this is a, an Alana centric um, uh, issue. And a lot of it is, again, is her reading the what uh, Mr. Terrific was able to, to find out. So, um, so what do you think about uh, what we see here, uh, maybe on these first couple of pages? And the, the second page being a, uh, a page turn to a map. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. And I kind of like how the juxtaposition of that versus what we get in the next pages, right? So we get this sort of, uh, you know, you know, the, the terrific is basically revealing the truth behind this massive lie that uh, that Adam has been weaving in order to protect his sort of legacy and protect Ran. Mm-hmm. So I like this sort of uh, 
intimate look at you know Alana like you know doing her morning routine and things like that like showering and, and getting her makeup on and stuff like that juxtaposed with this like grand scope of like what's at stake for for Rand so you're like you're zooming in um with the Jared stuff on Alana and then zooming out with the Shaner stuff which is just great yeah and um the uh, yeah, so I, I like that, and I like how it sort of puts everything in perspective, and maybe, maybe, and like I think Terrific maybe even brings it up that maybe she's been sort of lying to herself this whole time, that kind of thing. Um, but one thing I think that's interesting, and it's sort of a something that pops up in a lot of visual mediums, is sort of the symbolism of water representing like baptism or new life that kind of things. So like her showering is kind of like a, her changing, like being born anew into this new truth, that kind of thing. So I kind of like to notice things like that in, in, in stories when it happens and it's sort of cool when it's, you know, visually represented. There's also some other water stuff happening in this issue as well, as we'll, as we'll get to in uh, later parts of this issue. Yeah, that's that's a good point with the water. Um, yeah, and it's sort of like, uh, you know, it's it, you were bringing up a point about like she's sort of going through like her daily routine when like these 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 massive um, world shaping events are, are going on, um, and it's sort of like, uh, you know, you, I feel like people could probably relate to that because like we all sort of get up, brush our teeth, take a shower, and like you know, there's these you know in the grand scheme of things those are little tiny things but they're these you know these we you know major things going on in the world that also are going to affect us um as well so that that's a good point um so i have felt this way through this episode or through this series but i am convinced now that uh, olivia munn is the reference for um, Alana, especially uh, this, this three pages of her sort of blow drying her hair and um, putting lipstick and makeup on. I can definitely see that, especially on that that third panel with her putting the lipstick on. Yeah, and I, I'm convinced that Army Hammer is uh, is uh, Adam Strange. Um, so that's uh, like it, like it's very clear with when when uh, Jared's is drawing him that that's who he's using for a model. If this is ever made into a movie, uh, Army can't, uh, can't no. get the role. <laughs> no, Army, no, I do not. Uh, I, I, I hope not, at least. Unless <laughs> yeah. so, he has a really good explanation for things. <laughs> yeah. So so from there, she puts on, um, you know, I guess her everyday routine uh, gets a little bit more extravagant when she puts on the, uh, the jetpack and sort of uh, takes off. Um, uh, you know, again, this is sort of the uh, the Jarrett stuff continuing this plot or, or this part of the the story. Again, just sort of great art. Um, again, it's we're just continuing the narrative of her. Um, you know, reading the reading the report, the note that uh, Terrific has given her. Yeah. And and then so um, there we cut to um, about we, we cut um, in the in the timeline and we go to the uh, the battle and this is the the Shaner stuff this is the uh, the fighting um, again we're still we're still sticking a lot with the 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 three wide panels as we go um, but what were your thoughts about what we see in this uh, this action sequence this uh, you know the, the the going back to the war. It's interesting to sort of look at like how the action's done in this book versus what's done in like, say, uh, Bat and Cat, you know, like where that, that book has like actual action sequences where it's like, you know, they move from point A to point B while they're fighting and things. And uh, it's interesting here that like, again, sort of when Shaner's doing action sequences, like right here, it's like very zoomed out and it's like just snippets of the battle just mm -hmm. like you know this huge battle as you go through so you get sort of the general gist of what all has happened and i kind of like how uh uh game of thrones it is i guess in a way like how savage this like these vignettes are they're not like overly violent but like there's just a lot of implied violence and all it takes is sort of like 
the blood splatters here and there. And then when you turn the page and you get those three consecutive panels at the top of him executing the, the pict again, which is another repeated visual that we get, you kind of, it hammers home that savagery that Adam has sort of committed to now that he's gone full, like, you know, full warrior. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I really liked it. And I liked how, uh, yeah, you get that, uh, you get a gist for them winning. And all of a sudden it's almost like it's easy. You know, and it's like a savage beatdown of these people that uh, were seemed to like doomed to lose kind of thing. So yeah, but what do you think? Yeah, I I I liked it. Uh, yeah, you you brought up a good point of the 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 repeating panels um, uh, in the the execution. Um, and you're right, the 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 fight sequence is it's sort of like point A, point B, point C. There's not a lot of in you know move. There's there's you know the the in the gutters there's a lot of things developing it's not like fist being thrown fist making contact head jerking back you know you, you could represent a fight that way but you can also sort of represent a fight in that like this is a strategic move this is the you know the result you know and stuff like that so it's kind of the way it seems like that's how shaner's handling the the fight scenes here is sort of like key developments and sort of uh reactions to 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 moves i would say that's the same with the jared stuff in this too as we go through the book we see like uh a lot of like again just like short vignettes of of alana going through her life with like you know the press meetings the the, the press conferences the interviews like being in the bathroom again and you really only get that like micro action mm -hmm. um when she's like in front of the mirror really in, in both sequences. So at the beginning, like we talked about with like, you know, the, the clear Olivia Munness of it all. And then when we get to the end with the second mirror scene, which is across two pages, it's all three panels, you get the micro action again, which is very much sort of like, that's sort of Tom King's thing is to do like the micro actions and tell a story throughout that. Mm -hmm. Like you only get that twice in this book and it's only in those two spots, which I think is very telling because it's like, this book is all about confront confrontation, right? And sort of uh, Alana's confrontation is sort of like with herself in the end. And uh, yeah, I like how that sort of, you know, not making this book feel full of action, you know, it, it just feels like these, these like small bits and then having like the action being these very personal moments with Alana. Mm -hmm. I really like that. Yeah. So from there, we see where she was going when she uh, she put the jetpack on. She she's going to, to the White House um, uh, having a meeting. But again, we still are getting the narrative of, of her thoughts or, or what she's coming to learn as again, we still sort of stick with the uh, the notes from uh, Mr. Terrific's uh, report. Um, so we're here at the White House. Uh, she gives a press conference. Um, and then you, you mentioned this earlier that we, we have another water scene. So what do you think about, um, as we go to this, the Shainer art and the, uh, the underwater stuff? Uh, I like it a lot. Again, it's sort of, again, this like, uh, water sort of representing like a turn of the tide, no pun intended, all that stuff. Uh, you know, it, it's going to become easier now for them to defeat as they unite the whole planet together, right? Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what the sequence represents. And I kind of like how you get a, uh, you don't, like you sort of, um, all you need to know that these guys are going to fight for them. You have that long, uh, um, you have the, you know, the, the, Adam being talked to over his calm while he's swimming and you sort of get a background on what they're about to do. Mm -hmm. And then you just see that splash page with like him going in and you see all the dead bodies there and you understand what's going to happen next, you know? Yeah. Uh, that I really like that. Like the, the, there's a lot of show don't tell in that sequence. Very true. So um, we see some of the wheeling and dealing of, of Strange here, uh, but we also then sort of turn to um, Alana um, going on a bit of a, a media tour. Um, uh, but I will say that um, as we as we turn the page, I will forever remember this issue as the uh, the, the the phone on the toilet uh, issue. 
Yeah, that's that's very Jared's and King to do something like that. Um, again, again, a very intimate look at her life, right? You know, I really like that. Like, I think that that's sort of what makes this issue sort of remarkable in that way of where it's like a very intimate look at her and um, as she's coming to terms with the truth of the matter. I like that. Yeah. Uh, so there's, you know, as we said, she's sort of on this media tour, but the, the last page is... Uh, the last panel here after the uh, the the bathroom stuff is uh, going back to um, <laughs> sorry uh, thank you uh, going back to uh, strange and um, his adventures uh, that that bad pun or choice of words but um, mm-hmm. here we're, we're back to the to the Shaner and the battle stuff um, your thoughts on on this stuff here Again, really brutal, really savage. We get another execution shot. You know, that's how the action ends on this scene. We get to see the uh, the deal they make with the merfolk of Ran, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and uh, how that benefits the battle. And it again, it's just this savageness, right? This like savagery where it feels unfair at this point, you know, that he's beating them. We had a couple, was it the last issue or was it two issues ago where we had the huge massacre? But it's just a continuation of that where it's just, I think at this point, we know Adams won. Like it was sort of interesting how there was this sort of balancing act between sort of like, oh wait, how did they win? You know? Mm-hmm. And then when they dropped that they won basically after the massacre just makes this sort of a uh, just a, a character study of Adam Strange and his sort of savagery and sort of what lengths he went to in order to protect Ran. And again, you decide what that is, but like it doesn't paint a good picture of him um, at this point. He's just, uh, yeah, like he's like going too far constantly after at this point. It's like overcompensation for his uh, betrayal. Yeah, that's that's a good way of, of breaking that down. And we also get a pew pew callback um, mm-hmm. as he uh, is continuing to do these execution style uh, uh, killings. Um, Alana is uh, looks like she's flown out to a, uh, a military base and she continues to sort of, um, you know, continue to try to do some some PR here. Um, and then she puts a jetpack on and uh, does some flying um you know this is taking us close to the end of the issue um so what are your thoughts here um with with alana you know going on this tour us being led through um her thoughts um and then we 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 do have one more uh sort of flashback but but your thoughts here i like how she tries to keep as much face as she possibly can Mm -hmm. while her whole world is being torn apart that just says so much about her character. And that's something we've seen before in previous issues is that she sort of had doubts at the back of her mind, but here now, and she's kept face and, you know, tried to be a good wife to Adam Strange and a good ambassador for Ran. And right now she's trying to reconcile that, you know, with this awful truth and, but still managing to keep it together, which is impressive. And I think it says a lot about her character, but it also kind of puts things in the air as as to what she's going to do with this new information. Uh, how this book ends, it could go either way where she could be, you know, just be like, hey, we're going to keep this lie going or she's going to be the one to unravel it all um, for the whole world to know. Yeah. That's, yeah, I, I uh, the, there's a balancing act going on here and it'll be it definitely puts things in the future. It makes it hard to predict what's going to happen next. Yeah. So um, from there, she, she returns uh, back to, to their house. And I think we sort of have the symbolic, um, you know, earlier in the episode, it was her getting ready, putting on makeup, putting on lipstick. And now she's sort of uh, taking it all, taking all that stuff off for the day. Um, And then she then, you know, gets so upset with, you know, everything that she's sort of comprehending and learning, uh, she, she strikes the mirror. Um, your thoughts on these, these, these pages here. It all comes to a crescendo and it's really a telling about what this issue is that it's all, it all comes to a 
climax when she's just looking at herself in the mirror. And that mm-hmm. punch could either be that uh, mad at Adam or mad at herself for believing Adam. Yeah. That's, I really like how that's conveyed. Again, only visually, we do have the information being fed to her from Terrific's letter, which basically says, your daughter's not dead. Your husband traded her as, as leverage, but not as, sorry, as collateral. Mm-hmm. basically if he didn't deliver earth to them and you know you've been fighting a lie, like a war that's based on a lie and then you know what how does she react does she react to, that she's mad at adam or does she react that she's mad at herself for believing adam um one thing that's interesting that we we've gone on a page before this sorry to turn it back but there's a last shaner panel in this book it is when when uh, they're flying through the sky and Alana says we're winning and the right side of the page is unfinished. The art's unfinished. Mm-hmm. What do you think that means? Um, I don't know. Is it, I, I, I mean, I have a guess that like what she was, what she was believing um, is, is all sort of a made up story. So um, you know, it goes from you know being more real to 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 you know less finished. Like I, I that's kind of what I think they're going for there. But what is what are you thinking? I thought the same thing. I just wanted to make sure that that was what we were all on the same page there. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a really cool touch. Yeah, it's sort of like um, as you don't believe the story, the 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 details sort of bleed away, and it becomes a little bit more uh, unfinished, I guess. If that's yeah. uh yeah that yeah I'm glad that you you took us back uh, those pages, and then that sort of leads us to to our last page reveal where um, you know we have Alana at the top of the stairs uh, the blood sort of from her hand is still still dripping and uh, it it's, it appears that she and uh, Adam are about to have a uh, a heated uh, conversation and and that's where we end. Uh, uh, Strange Adventures 10. Yeah, he's, uh, it's interesting that his last line is everything okay while he's holding the letter from Mr. Terrific, which just exposes all his lies. Yeah. That again, Tom King keeps us on uh, the edge of our seats, wondering about the motives behind people and how they're going to react to the information that's given to them. Uh, Good issue. Yeah, and we... uh... We, we're it's coming to a head uh two more issues uh probably a lot of uh a lot of things for alana and strange to work on these last uh these <laughs> yeah. last two issues so just cool. a couple of things yeah all right so that takes us to another tom king issue 10 this is uh this is rorschach 10 um continuing the the story um we touched on this a little bit earlier but again this sort of follows a uh a similar structure in that it fills in a lot of backstory, um, investigation, um, and you know various aspects that we hadn't seen before, sort of filling in uh, the story. Um, so it's interesting again that we sort of have this serendipity where we looked at two Tom King, uh, ten of twelve in a, in a series that do the same thing but do it differently. Yeah, yeah, definitely, and I think um, both are kind of the um what should be the end of the story right you know you Mm -hmm. get the reveal of the mystery in issue 10 and you also get the reveal of what should be the the solution to the mystery in this book as well but we get to both at the end of each books and there's another problem to be solved and we again don't know where we are like and or how close we are to a resolution yeah um uh, very uh this one, this one though, had me uh, questioning everything in everything that's brought up in this book, in this issue. Uh, I don't know what to believe. All right. So let's, uh, let's talk this through. So, you know, like we said, uh, this is the detective uh, meeting and, and debriefing the, uh, the guy on Turley's staff that he has, he has met earlier. Um, and through this debriefing, we, we flash back to, to various aspects of, of what he learned, um, putting pieces of this together. 
Um, so what are the, some of the things here that you are, um, you're, you know, you're having questions about or are things that you're not sure if you're, um, if you should believe if, I, I think that's the way you, you sort of referenced it, right? Yeah, I think the big thing is uh, how there's a lot of evidence in this issue and we'll get into it specifically. There's a lot of physical evidence that doesn't show up in any panels in this book. Okay. One specifically doing having to do with the confession of someone. And this book has made it very clear that when there's an important piece of evidence, it gets a close up. It gets like, you know, an image devoted to itself or a page devoted to itself, whether it's the recordings of the seance or it's a piece of artwork from, you know, Pontius Pirate, anything like that gets a gets set aside and drawn attention to. But there are things in this issue that do not show up at all. They're just talked about. And I think that's that's sort of why I'm sort of doubting the reality of some of the information brought up. Um, that's that's interesting. And you know, we also have this, we've been watching the 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 mind state of this detective deteriorate um, through the investigation. Um, I mean, he's he's gone about things logistically and as sort of somebody called in to, you know, review this material, he's, he's, he's done it, you know, he's put the pieces together, but, you know, he's also, we've seen him see things that aren't, that aren't there. He's seen Rorschach. He's, he's, he's seen Laura. Um, they've even sort of spoken to him. So that would sort of lend itself to uh, your thought here of that some of this stuff is not, um, reliable right yeah right it's uh he's become an unreliable narrator and i think it's not a coincidence that laura and rorschach haven't shown up you know this is the first time in a long time where they haven't shown up as some kind of personification in his mind Hmm. as some sort of uh yeah and obviously they show up in this in flashbacks and in descriptions of what, of the events that happened, but we never get, uh, yeah, we never get them laughing or, or talking with him about things. Uh, it's just him delivering information. So yeah, it's a, it's a, this is a, this is a very layered issue. Yeah. So I think, you know, I think, the the key development in the investigation is the 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 list of names that that he gets to go look at uh i guess it's these these four people and he's able to sort of uh confirm that some of these people were not involved just based on um what they're doing now or, or you know what what they tell him and he he takes them he takes them on on face value that they're, they're telling him the truth but not surprisingly, the the fourth name on the list, which is uh, let's see, who is it? It is this. Uh, it's uh, Earl it's, um, Yellen. Eric Yellen. Eric Yellen. Yeah. So uh, this guy um, turned out to be the guy that they found in the well, right? No, it was um, Jonathan Oates that's in the well. Jonathan Oates is in the in the in the well. Okay. Is and yeah. is John? Okay, so Jonathan Oates is the ex uh, law enforcement agent, right? Yeah, the ex uh, like um, Navy SEAL. Um, yeah, he's a. Uh, yeah, he was a Navy SEAL who captured uh, Osama bin Laden and all that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the detective uh, finds a safe. He opens the safe. Um, and then there's, um, you know, money, a gun, and, and a bottle. Uh, he starts to, to wipe the bottle down, right? Um, for Yeah. Um, and then we go back. Um, and it seems like he's able to, to put more pieces together. You mentioned that... Uh, uh, Oates was a, uh, you know, a Navy SEAL who then did some time and in, um, in Iraq. Um, I found it funny that uh, there's this one photo of him standing on the sword bridge. Um, 
I, I feel like this is the photo that Tom King always shows people when there's the questions if he was really in the in the CIA and that, that that's a made up story. He has like photos of him like actually in Iraq that he's like he has to produce to prove to people that his backstory is is legit and not something that he's he's sort of trumped up. Yeah, he has to show this to Ed Piscor just to make sure that Ed <laughs> Piscor stays afraid of him. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, and it's a very uh, Sheriff of Babylon throwback to that image was important to that story. Uh, I don't think it distracted me enough from what was going on. I definitely was able to be like, you know, Tom King writes what he knows. Yeah. Again, this is a sort of a cool, uh, this is cool playing with the divergent timeline aspect of Watchmen, right? So they bring up in this page that in 2001, Osama bin Laden was captured. And then I think it's on, I don't know if it's on this page or if it's on another one, but they talk about how Saddam Hussein, yeah, it's on the same page. Saddam Hussein committed suicide in 2006. Yeah. Yeah. It never mentions anything like 9-11 or anything like that. It's very interesting. And again, it adds some more interest in the world of what it means, you know, and, and what, what was going on. It also gives background into sort of who Robert Redford was as a president. You know, he was seems to be someone that was very popular and was able to deliver on things. Mm -hmm. And uh, that also makes us sort of understand what kind of president he was, but also sort of builds the motivation of Jonathan Oates wanting to participate in the assassination of Turley, mm -hmm. I think is really, which could be either seen as, oh, that's good motivation or that's really convenient. You know, one of those two things. So, um, but yeah, so, but the, the big thing is the detective, there's a bottle in the safe with the cash and the gun and he wipes down the bottle of all fingerprints, which is just like, oh, what does that mean? Yeah. Yeah. We don't, but that's the important thing. That's the object that we get drawn to in this issue that gets a whole page devoted to itself. And that's, that's important. Yeah. So uh, another part of the investigation that the detective is able to put together is the, the connection that the, the, the assistant, um, I, that I guess she worked for, for Oates, um, that she's able to put some some things together as she's uh, gaining some information. Um, your thoughts on on, on this uh, as we as we see, you know, the some of these plot pieces coming together here. Again, this is sort of where uh, they bring up the first thing that's not in this issue, and that's her confession. It's nowhere to be seen throughout this whole issue. We never see a tape. We never see a letter, nothing like that. So we're relying on, and it sort of, it puts us in the position of the head of security for Turley's campaign because we're taking everything the detective is giving us on faith that he's telling the truth. But we have the, uh, the, um, the benefit or the advantage of being with this guy for 10 issues. Mm -hmm. So we know how he he works and we know if he's not presenting some evidence it may not exist and at the beginning he presents this head of security the first panel is a close-up shot of the beeper mm -hmm. that he found in the house so we know that's real but like again it's sort of like uh just right here we sort of again get this sort of like planting the seed of what's not there as much as what is there um yeah that, that those are sort of, I guess that that's the start of my thoughts. Yeah, that yeah. that's a good point. And with her being, with her being uh, dead, she'll be unable to sort of retract, saying I didn't give that that confession to to this guy and on Turley's staff. Yeah, and also there's some uh, on the page after that, uh, we get more close-ups on the beer being poured into the glass, so mm -hmm. you get more like repeated visuals of this is important, you know? Yes. Uh, I really love that. Yeah. So um, then it seems like Oates gives them, and when I say them, um, it's it's Myerson and, and Laura, like uh, a bit of like intel on how they can probably get in um, to, to the convention. And, and we see that they sort of, they have VIP passes, um, they're not thoroughly checked, allowing them to, to sneak in and, and assemble firearms and, and get to the 
to the sniper's perch um, and, and stuff like that. So that's filling in a bit of a story on how somebody was able to, to, to get in and, and commit the, the, the assassination that we saw early on. Um, again, we, we have the detective um, filling in the guy on Turley staff that there's a bit of a, uh, a falling out between Oates and, and his secretary as, as they argue. Uh, but he leaves and uh, he goes to the, uh, to the, is the, is the, the home, the sort of the farm that's in like New Mexico, right? Where they're practicing the, the, the shooting. Yeah. He goes there to give them the, the VIP passes and to uh, help them with the, uh, what he thinks is research for a new comic book that Frank Miller is writing. And uh, so he's going to help them demonstrate what they would have to do in order to assassinate someone at a campaign rally. Yes. Uh, so she's, uh, she's watching the rally. Um, and then she sort of uh, decides to, to grab her pass and, and go and, and look and, and try to, to, uh, to stop uh stop things um she can't find any she can't find who she's looking for so she sees the emergency contact number um on the back of the phone which doesn't have enough or on the back of the card which doesn't have enough digits to be a real uh telephone number Mm, there's there's the uh there's another hint maybe right Yeah. yeah so so this fills us in going back about the person who called in the the threat right well we we, yeah. we didn't know we didn't know who had called in this threat so the detective is telling us that it's the 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 assistant of oats but is this something that you question could be could be real or not because with her being out of the the picture being deceased we will never be able to have a statement from her other than what the detective is giving us here. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We never will because then we don't, we don't even, the funny thing also is, is that is her name. So her name is Diane Condor. And I said in the last issue with, with Jonathan Thompson, I was hoping for some nods towards some Robert Redford political thriller dramas and three days of the Condor. So there's that option that maybe he's Kaiser. So saying, the uh, the 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 um, the the security chief right here and Diane isn't a real person at all. Okay. There's that big thing. So yeah, that's one other big thing. Awesome. That's that's another great insight there. So um, we are informed that uh, or we're shown that she she commits uh, she commits suicide. Yeah. Um, and then we sort of cut to Oates and uh, the the kid um, in a gunfight, uh, shooting each other. Um, and then Myerson, as Rorschach shows up and helps helps Laura up, they uh, they sort of embrace, and we then are, are back with the the Turley. Uh, you know, administration official and and the detective sort of going through more of the the aspects of the case. So what are what are your thoughts here that um, we find out that Oates was shot here and or actually I guess maybe I should rephrase that. We're told that Oates was shot here and that Laura was shot here. Um, I'm guessing maybe this is one of the things that you again don't uh, don't believe. Well, it's interesting. Again, it's sort of what's said, what's not said that's interesting because everything has been given an explanation as to why it happened mm-hmm. until this spot. We, we were told in the last issue that, you know, Laura killed Oates, you know, and the bullet went through him and hit the, the wall behind him, right? Yeah, that's and the same she, location that they showed yeah. us where the, the art was. Yeah, and then he shoots, she shot him. But I like how in this issue... They bring up the question, okay, why did that happen? Why did they kill Oates if he was on their side this whole time? You know, did he figure something out? We don't know. We don't know all that all the explanation that's given right here is that Myerson and Laura are crazy. That's it. Mm-hmm. They, they just move on. 
I think this is interesting. And this is maybe the one time where we do get a Rorschach and Laura looking over the detective's shoulder with that splash page. And what's interesting about that is that it's sort of a, a um, homage to the dream sequence in Watchmen that Dan has when Laurie and him embrace while the mushroom cloud is is going off behind mm -hmm. them. This is like similar composition to that right here. Again, maybe reinforcing those themes of reincarnation, you know? So we maybe get a we get a reminder of that theme in this page. And maybe this is, and you see the blood seeping in and it's in the shape of a Rorschach. Yeah. So this maybe is the most surreal image and maybe is a symbol of what's the mental state of the detective in this moment right here. And it's sort of a reassurance that they know the truth, they know what happens and maybe the detective does too. Yeah. yeah. So the, the conversation continues, um, uh, the, the official uh, you know, hands over some money to the, uh, the detective um, and leaves. And then again, we have a beer bottle um, so he's it looks like he's grabbing the, the he wiped this beer bottle down as well right looks like he wipes down his beer bottle but not the other guy's beer bottle and I, I, like i think that's what oh, it is like i think okay. he wipes down his but he doesn't wipe down the 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 security chiefs oh yeah so in the bot it looks like in the bottom two panels uh i guess what you would consider to be panel eight and panel nine it makes it look like he's peering across the table at the other um at the other bottle that still does have a fingerprint on it so yeah, he wipes so. he wipes his prints off but he's looking at uh across the table at the other bottle that we can clearly sit, still has a print on yeah, I thought that was a, that's sort of where, uh, and one thing that's important is that before that, the, the security chief said, here's your money and you're going to present all the evidence to Turley. So you're going to go into the office and see him next. Yeah. So that's a big moment right there. And I think that'll, that, I have some predictions about that. All right. Well, let's, uh, as we closed up here, let's, uh, let's hear your prediction. So I think that I think the detective is going to try to kill Turley. That's definitely what's going to happen. And that's sort of why he had to make up some evidence is because he's convinced now he has to kill Turley. And I think we'll get an issue about the explanation of why he has to kill Turley in, in issue 11. Okay. And I think he's going to, what he's going to try to do in order to get away with it is to frame the security chief. Or the security chief is going to kill Turley or something like that because there was another thing that the security chief kept bringing up that it was his department that allowed them to get the VIP passes because Robert Redford requested them, you know, after Paul Coates came to him and said, hey, he needed the passes. Mm -hmm. The president requested the passes for it directly, but it was the security chief's department that had to give them the passes. So it could be something also where uh, the next issue is the detective framing the security chief mm -hmm. and not trying to kill Turley yeah. or something like that. Yeah. And then him trying to plot, I don't know, something. Yeah. Yeah. And he's clearly covering his tracks by taking his um, prints off of the bottle. Yeah. Um, they didn't show him like wiping down the, the file cabinet or anything like that when he was going through that. So that might not have been real. But when there's something real, like we know that the the Meyerson Laura compound with the with the the site has got to be real because three other people have been there. He's interrogated those three people. So that's that's real. And he wiped off a bottle there. The the meeting is obviously real because we've we've had all of these moments prior to sort of the the real descent into madness so he's covering tracks for for something yeah and i also wonder if he invented the secretary to see how the security chief would react because the security chief also got the call right mm -hmm. but again we never see the call being received i don't think so the security chief could be lying about that. 
and he could just have been in on it this whole time. So maybe he's, uh, yeah, I don't know. Like there's a lot of questions to be raised in this issue. Hopefully we'll get answers in the next one. So uh, it, if he does do an assassination or sets anybody up to do an assassination, um, well, I guess maybe if he does the assassination, do you think he's going to go like full on crazy and he's going to don a Rorschach mask, a trench coat and a, and a fedora? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it would. he would have to. You'd have to, yeah. yeah. The, it, just to make the uh, possession complete at that point. Okay, so do you do you think if he does that, um, do you think we would see him for a time being the the new Rorschach of this this timeline, or is he going to be sort of like a one and done crazy, um, gets caught or something like that, or could he sort of escape and then you know there's just rumors of a uh, a new Rorschach running around. For the longest time, I thought he would be, he would kind of end the detective, the noir detective sort of way and die mm -hmm. at the end of the book. But now I'm not so sure with how blank he is still. I was expecting maybe a backstory by some point here. So we would get a, uh, a fulfillment of an arc of a life, you know, that he would have to end in, that it would have to end in death for him. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. But now with him being as blank as he is, it makes him, we talked about this in last episode, that it kind of makes him the perfect sort of vessel for Rorschach because he's sort of void of all personality and he would be sort of perfect. So I might agree with you that it does sort of end in a V for Vendetta-esque way where it's like, now you're the new Rorschach, right? You know, mm -hmm. that sort of thing where it's like Rorschach doesn't die. He lives on in you from here on out. Yeah, I think that I think he could be. Do you think that that's a possibility? Uh, yeah, talking it through, I think it's a possibility. I think, you know, we were strongly leaning towards that he doesn't make it out of make it out of here alive. Um, but he's obviously um, he's got his wits with him enough that he's he's covering his track. So he's he might be able to to slip out of a door at the end and just sort of escape into the uh, you know into the streets and the confusion of a uh, an assassination attempt or something like that. Yeah, and become the fully uh, reincarnated Rorschach. Yeah. yeah, like that. Cool. So um, there's one more thing that uh, we have to to talk about. You were lucky enough to get some preview passes for for the new Snake Eyes movie, so we're gonna be able to see that in a few days before it hits theaters. Um, we were thinking about maybe trying to do some predictions before we we see it. Um, since you were the one that was able to uh, procure the passes, I'll let you uh, I'll let you maybe give a prediction or, or things that you would like to see. Um. Yeah, I think uh, I think that it, it it could go either way quality wise, but I definitely I I, I think one prediction is is that um, is that uh, Scarlet's not going to show up until halfway through the movie. That's my biggest prediction. I think is that like I don't think she's going to be as big of a part as we would hope she would be. Um, I think. Uh, I think Storm Shadow is going to not going to kill the blind master, but he's going to kill the other master. Okay. And uh, I think that will be the uh, source of revenge. That that will be the 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 source of the uh, I guess blood feud between uh, Snake Eyes and Storm Shadow in this universe. Uh, yeah. But maybe he'll kill the blind master, but I doubt it. I think it's going to be the other, um, I can't, the, the other master that he's going to kill. Um, but yeah, and then um, I don't think we're going to see any other G.I. Joe besides Scarlet in this movie. That's, those are my predictions. Nice. Um, but what, what are yours? Uh, so maybe not more of a, a prediction, but maybe just, I would love a, in the, if Scarlet is, in the movie or maybe if she's at the midpoint of the of the movie i would love if we had some sort of nod to the silent interlude where like yeah. he has to go in um secretly to sort of you know 
that he's he's been given this objective but also i don't want scarlet to be if that's the case i don't want scarlet to be the damsel in distress i want her to be like she was in the silent interlude where she's as he's working his way and she's able to sort of at the same time being able to to work her way out um there's no destro in this movie is there I don't think so. Yeah, so that would be could, great if he was. Because we would, we would, we would just sort of need Destro at the top of the uh, the temple, just sort of brooding um, as all this stuff was going on. But uh, yeah, I would, I would like to just see some sort of nod. You have almost everything you need. You have Scarlet, Snake Eyes, and, and Storm Shadow. You could have a little, you know, sneaking around, being quiet, and, and stuff like that. So it would be great if they played with the sound in that scene too if they did like if they did cut out the sound or something like that and just had music or or, or something if they had a, if they had a if they had an homage like that that would be awesome to have a a silent scene of some sort so i um, i haven't watched a lot of trailers I, i've seen bits and pieces he does he talk yeah he does yeah so he's not he's not silent so i think they said that this is the origin where of him leading up to taking the vow of silence and okay. things. Uh, that's, uh, yeah, that's the that's the story behind this one. Yeah, I mean, um, it'd be really difficult to to do a story where your where your main character uh, doesn't doesn't speak. So, yeah, it would I mean? But hey, you know, the Mandalorian's popular, and that guy barely t- talks in that show. True, you know? true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm cool. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, so after we 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 see that, we'll uh, we'll do a uh, I guess maybe a non spoiler spoilery review, um, you know, considering it's so new, and then um, give it some time for the uh, the the thorough the thorough review, the thorough bashing of, yeah. uh, of this movie. Yeah, <laughs> cool, awesome. Well, um, also I want to mention that at the time of this recording, we have roughly three to four more days on modern mythology folklore retold. Um, it's going after its third stretch goal right now. Um, Noah and I have a, a story in there. It's called Heart of Steel. It's a sci-fi reimagining of the American myth of John Henry, Steel Driving Man. I'm gonna put a link to that Kickstarter in the show notes. And also um, just remember, I said that, that it's a limited time for this to uh, um, to act on this. So if you're listening to this podcast um, soon after it comes out uh you need to act quickly i uh, would really appreciate it if you could also we really, really appreciate it if you could give us a rating and review on the podcasting service you use if you want to follow the podcast we're on twitter at construct Compod. instagram is constructing comics pod and facebook is constructing comics I'd like to thank everybody for listening please be safe be nice and go out there and make some comics <laughs>